to another episode of Bourbon Beards and Belvedere's. I'm Adam. I'm Paul. And I'm Jerry. Today we got a good show for you guys. We're going to smoke some cigars, drink some whiskey, and talk about some beard products. We have another guest with us today. Um, we know this guy from a, a podcast called Blue Collar Bourbon, um, Mr. JD. How you doing, JD? What's up? What's up, everybody? Like uh, we're reunited, man. You know, right, right. It's great. The boys are back in town. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Before we uh, get to talking to our guest and about our guest, uh, what's everybody warming up with today? What's our palate warmers? I started off with a little Knob Creek Rye. Excellent rye um, from Jim Bean. Uh, it's one of my go-to's. So. Figured doing a rye for our pour of the week, I'd start off with a rye tip. I went with a older, old fair, old Forester single barrel. It's one of the old ninety proofs, uh, floor six warehouse J, uh, from a store, one of my local stores around here. I've had this one for quite a while. JD, well. Being JD, of course, I had to pick up a JD. So I got the uh, the Jack Daniels Heritage Barrel Rye. Uh, it's their uh, twice barreled special release rye, hundred proof. Um, I think it's about eighty bucks. I think I paid a little bit more than eighty bucks, <laughs> but I don't care. It's it's amazing. They, you know, there's like there's some bottles. You know which ones there are. They're just the ones that you love and. You just like the hell with the price. I'm just gonna pull the trigger, and this is this is one of them. I saw it on the shelf, and I'm like, I don't care. Just give it to me. So, and it is phenomenal. Awesome, awesome. So I uh, I went simple with it today, and I did not go with the rye to start out. Um, got a little Elijah Craig small batch, mm. 78% corn, 12% malted barley, 10% rye, 94 proof. Um, it's uh, about $26 around here. And um, looking it up right now, um, Google's generative AI is telling me that Elijah Craig is gluten-free in case anybody gives a shit. <laughs> they do not. So, um, good stuff. I, I'm a very big fan of Elijah Craig and, and most Heaven Hill products. So, I've got several bottles just hanging around. I got the barrel proof. I got the toasted. I got the rye around here somewhere. Um, tried, true, and trusty. So good stuff. Yeah, Elijah's good right down the middle. Um, you know, if I'm indecisive and don't know what I want to get, or if I'm going to recommend a whiskey to somebody that doesn't isn't sure if they're into whiskey, Elijah is definitely one of the ones that I point them to. For sure. Mm -mm -mm. All right. So um JD was previously a host of Blue Collar Bourbon. Um, and it's fair to say that without JD and his co-host on Blue Collar Bourbon, uh, this podcast would not exist because Paul, Jerry, and I met each other through <laughs> Poor Company, which was uh, an after-hours gathering that Blue Collar Bourbon uh, hosted once a month for their Patreon supporters. And uh, we would uh, sit around on Zoom or in the early days, um, Google Chat or, or Google Hangouts, and um, 
drink whiskey together. Uh, Blue Collar would send us samples, and we would we would go through the samples like they did on the show. Uh, JD's co-host D Rock and JP. Um, you know they. Uh, well, no, no. Let me take that back. JD and one of his co-hosts JP uh, were previously in a band together. What was that band called? <laughs> the Lasting. The Lasting. So uh, tell us about the the genesis of that band. How did that How did that come together? Oh man, we're going back a few million years. <laughs> um, it's 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 Nashville, man. So it's like I don't think you can move here unless you can play an instrument. So, um, I played guitar. JP played bass. Uh, we kind of ran in the same circles, um, and I ended up getting a an artist development deal with EMI, which is now Capital. Um, and so one of the conversations was, you know, do you want to be a solo artist or do you want to put a band together? And I'm like, man, I want to put a band together. So, uh, called up JP. Um, we called up uh, another buddy of ours, Preston and yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. The rest is history, man. We, we, uh, did the whole DIY. We had the van and the trailer and did the thing traveled. Um, yeah, it's, it was a wild time, man. To just like the fact that to be able to do that and make a little bit of money, you know, it's like kind of back when uh, you could sell CDs, like people bought CDs. So we did that for uh, a few years and then uh, the housing crisis happened and then gas was $5 a gallon. And so, you know, the label was like, you know, you guys want to try and give it another year and see if you get signed to a label. And I was like, I think we're done. I think, I think everything that we were going to do, I think, I think, I think we did it, you know, so, um, you know, me and JP, we would always talk about like the what ifs, you know, what if we made it, but to your point, we ended up making, uh, creating a business, a, a podcast production business called lasting media. Um, you know, and we look back now, uh, and it's funny. It's like, man, thank God that the music thing didn't work because the business opportunities that we had lasting media being one of those just completely took off well far beyond uh any of our imaginations so how and the it, same thing with the blue collar bourbon show too i'll add um yeah that show was just just a fun you know all of us it's it's this that's this like doing this right now is like what blue collar was in the beginning you know just having fun um super laid back not pretentious at all and then the blue collar bourbon show completely took off um, you know, we did that for about six years. We did rock and roll whiskey tours, um, you know, um, did events, um, got to meet you guys. Um, you guys were supporters, paid supporters, um, to help the show. And yeah, it's just good times. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good times were, were definitely had lots of, uh, late nights on those, uh, on those poor companies. It was, it was always fun. Always fun. You know, you might be, you might be underselling it a little bit. Cause like <laughs> late, like you guys were like early morning, like some of those, <laughs> like I remember going to bed like at 11 and then hearing waking up the next day, hearing like some of you guys step to like two, three in the morning. I'm like, and then going to work the next day. I'm like, Ugh, man. oftentimes the last three on the call were the three guys sitting right here right now. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, so how did, uh, how did, how did D rock get, get, 
pulled into the situation. Uh, I know he wasn't in the band. Um, did you guys just know him from around town or, or how did that go? Uh, so JP and I, we had started a business uh, and we actually shared office space with D-Rock. Um, and so we would do, man, I'm going to butcher this. I think it was, uh, we would bring in whiskeys on Friday. Um, and so like Friday afternoons, everybody in the office, we get together and, you know, bring something in and then Fridays turn into whiskey Wednesdays, which turned into thirsty Thursdays. And just like, you know, we're just hanging out and enjoying whiskey after hours, um, you know, after work. Uh, but then I think we had an opportunity to travel uh, on the bourbon trail. Um, and I think we went to Willet, went to Heaven Hill, um, went to a couple other distilleries. Um, and I think that kind of like sealed the deal. Um, and I know JP and I had been talking about doing uh, a podcast together. Um, but then that, that like kind of transformed into, okay, well, let's bring D-Rock in and let's, you know, we love, we've, we're finding out how much we love whiskey. Let's, so let's do a whiskey show, you know, um, totally didn't have a podcasting audio background at all. Totally didn't know what the hell we were doing. It was like, garage band and some microphones that we found like <laughs> uh no uh no soundproofing nothing like that just didn't know what the hell we were doing but just like went went all in uh and yeah to go from that to like you know building out studios and live streaming and yeah it's it's uh it's been a wild ride yeah uh to your to your point about uh a couple of guys that brought in a third um, and even more so as far as poor company goes, the idea for bourbon beards and Belvedere's was hatched late night. Um, Paul and I were the last two on that particular call. And we had the idea for this show in poor company. And um, I was actually sitting where I'm sitting now in this, in my, in my garage bar um, you know, obviously we don't have anything soundproofed. I've got a little soundproofing shield behind my microphone that isn't mm -hmm. really doing a whole lot of good, but it's there anyway. I bought it. I'm going to mm -hmm. use it. So, um, Paul and I, we didn't have each other's phone numbers. And the only way that we really had any kind of contact was through Instagram. But I can, I can tell you that, uh, uh, getting Paul to respond to an Instagram message can be a feat in and of itself. <laughs> uh, I learned that when he came to Kentucky for the, uh, the, the bourbon festival and, uh, he was hanging out with John, uh, John Rice and I was going down to hang out with him. I couldn't get him to answer the messages. He finally did. Anyway, um, since it was so hard to get a hold of him, I just took this and ran with it after about two years of sitting on the idea. And, um, then we had a poor company a few months ago. And while we were sitting there, I was, messaging him and he was all in and um we got about two episodes under our belt and then we were like let's invite jerry because jerry has a beard he loves whiskey and he loves cigars and uh i, I recognize that fact because jerry was in town a couple months ago in june and uh, he walked out with one of those acrylic humidors those travel humidors just full of cigars mm -hmm. So I was like, he'd be perfect. So that's that's kind of how that all came about. And here we are. Yeah, he's recently upgraded. <laughs> um, so 
now that blue collar bourbon isn't, you know, on the air anymore and, you know, JP is doing the freedom matters podcast and, um, D rocks doing whiskey and rock with JR. Um, obviously, you know, you said the other day that this will be the first time that you've recorded anything since the last episode of blue collar. So tell us a little bit about what you got going on now. Uh, well, uh, I miss recording <laughs> and it's funny. It's funny being on this side of the, uh, the table. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about it. I do, I do miss the blue collar bourbon show. Um, obviously we came at a point where we wanted to, to sunset it at the end of the day, you know, all the, all the things that we wanted to do with the podcast, we did it. We got to check the boxes, you know? Um, and so I think it was a perfect time to, to sunset it. You know, obviously we don't want to drag it out or just do, you know, we never wanted to do it out of obligation or make it feel like work. And if it got to be that point, then it's not, that wasn't why we started that show, you know? So I, we got to check all the boxes and, um, you know, I had to move on to another job. Um, and so it just made sense to kind of, to kind of sunset it. Um, but yeah, nowadays, um, man, just living a super, super quiet life. Um, I play guitar. Um, I got a new job um, in the financial technology space, having fun with that. Uh, it's, it's very, very startup, um, very fun. Um, and my last job, everybody that worked there was my age. My job now the median age is like 25. Um, so it's, it's very interesting. I'm super interested in like what 25 year olds talk about now, uh, what the drama is now, what they're getting into, you know, um, it's, it's fun. Makes you feel young hanging around all the, all the cool kids, all the young kids. So have a lot of fun with that. Uh, but honestly, like with my last job, um, it was fun. It was a bit of a grind. Um, but now I'm not as busy. And so I've really, since taking on this, this new job at this, at this FinTech company, um, I'm just not doing a lot intentionally. I'm taking it. I'm taking a break, taking a sabbatical, whatever you want to call it. Um, will we, will I get back into the podcast space? Um, you know, I, when, when we left blue collar bourbon, I said, you know, never say never, you know? Um, so, but I'm just enjoying the season and just, just being present, but don't uh, don't be surprised if uh, old JD pulls a sneaky. So, <laughs> well, you be sure to let us know. I'm sure you've got at least three Patreon supporters here waiting to give you money. Um, no, I I definitely appreciate you guys. You guys you guys are OGs, man. You guys were blue collar bourbon day ones. So um, it's cool that you guys not only supported that, but you got to you got to see firsthand that thing just fly off the rails and grow into something that. I, we never intended like it grew leaps and bounds beyond what we could ever even try to do. So, yeah. Um, you know, we, Jerry and I have another podcast called poor man's poor. Um, and the last episode of blue collar bourbon, um, you guys actually gave a shout out to poor man's poor and, and you know, unsolicited you know i told you guys that it was going to happen um mention of any kind of um what do you call it um uh, offshoot or or um 
you know, so, something like that, something yeah. that um, was made, wondering if, you know, something like that was going to happen. Of course, Whiskey and Rock was mentioned um, because, you know, D-Rock was was going to go do that with JR. Um, and then we were thrown into the mix, and uh, that was that was very much appreciated. We, you know, we had an audience ready and waiting for that show um, before we even got the first episode out, which, you know, um, I feel like it was it was more than just internet friends you know what i mean because internet friends sure. don't necessarily do that kind of thing for you so yeah. um i always I always looked forward to um poor company on on you know once a month and and being in the discord chat and you know just generally talking shit you know cuz that's there's there's a lot of shit talk that goes on in there <laughs> um we're looking at you danny um you know um it, it was a good time so yeah uh, definitely very thankful that you guys you know put that put that show out there and uh gave all of us a way to connect um we're still talking to a lot of the folks and and i think some of those folks probably listen to this um uh it's it's it was just it was a definitely a blessing um so I'm very appreciative. And I, I, I think that Paul and Jerry probably feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Made some good friends from that time, from that show. I mean, hell, we're all still in the fantasy football league together. Absolutely. Yep. The, the Discord's still active, still, you know, chatting with folks all across the country through that server. So uh, it's definitely a, it was a cool part of, uh, part of, I think, all of our journeys deeper into bourbon, you know. I was kind of found you guys kind of when I was just getting my feet wet um, and really starting to get real nerdy about whiskey. So um, definitely one or one or two shows like that, that really pushed me over the edge and made me the obsessed person that I have today. <laughs> bourbon and whiskey and everything are like that. So Yeah. During our poor companies, we almost had to ban you, Paul, because it's like we would be doing these blind pours and, and, you know, everybody would be trying to guess what it is. And I'm like, you know, Paul is going to know what this is. And it got so bad to the point where when we were doing picks at the liquor store for like, okay, what's this month's pours going to be? You know, it stopped being from like, hey, here's something new. The goal was let's find something that Paul isn't going to guess. So, and of course we failed miserably because Paul always guessed. So uh, not always, <laughs> not always. He hit on a lot of my go-tos. So they were okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So when I, when I came and did my PPP, this is, this is my one Piccadillo uh, with the show. You guys were like, cause you tried my, uh, my infinity bottle and you were like, uh, all three of you were like, man, your palate, because it, it was, it did turn out really good. And it wasn't, I just dumped a bunch of shit into a bottle. And you were like, you, y'all said, you, you have to come with us to bourbon 30 the next time we go and help us pick a bottle. And then that didn't happen. So the next time we go to bourbon 30, y'all motherfuckers got to drag your asses up to, to Kentucky and come with us. That's what's got to happen. Oh, done. Yeah. We're, that, we're doing that. That's a, that's a hell of a time there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so, so you guys, uh, you're doing the podcast thing now. Let me throw a question your way. So what are what are the new? Because I've been kind of out of the loop, you know. Um, like what's what's the news? What's what are people talking about in the in the bourbon space? There's been a lot. Um, so uh, Blue Run was bought out by Coors. Um, they're opening up a new distillery, and it's 
state of the art. It's shaped like an infinity symbol. Has a um, what do you call it? Uh, solar panels for mm -hmm. you know energy on the top. Um, I'm wondering how that's going to go with you know the uh, the mold that forms whenever you. <laughs> yeah, move. right. That's that's going to be fun. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Horse Soldier is opening a new distillery in Somerset, Kentucky. Yep. Um, nice. And it's I've I've seen the renderings and it it looks pretty damn sweet. Uh, it's going to bring a lot of jobs to that area. It's a fairly, I mean, it's I wouldn't say it's impoverished, but it's not the richest area in in yeah. in the world. So that'll be good. Uh, what Penelope, else? Penelope yeah. was sold recently. Mm -hmm. That's yep. wild. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And uh, uh, tequila and uh canned cocktails are making a run for it yep good i'm <laughs> glad leave uh, leave room alone go get your canned cocktails we, uh, <laughs> with poor man's sport we had a, a news article recently and i want to say it was tequila was up seven or nine percent canned cocktails were like 12 or 15 and whiskey was only three so <laughs> still trying to figure out which one's going to come ahead <laughs> Oh, well, nobody's get... made a run on uh, on rum yet, which I'm I'm thankful for. Um, rum still, you can still go find a great bottle for not a lot of not a lot of cash. Even here in Kentucky, you can find a a a, a pretty decent bottle. Um, and there's one that Jerry turned me on to. It's Plantation OFTD. Um, hmm. It's 138 proof. Uh, we told Paul about it. He went and grabbed a bottle, and that I mean, it, it it's Christmas in a bottle. But because it's 138 proof, if you add some coke to that shit, it's it stands up like nobody's business, and it makes the best rum and coke I've ever had in my life. Yeah, and it's mm -hmm. like 35 bucks for a liter bottle too. So yeah. wow, yeah, and it's fantastic, super oh, high man. proof. Yeah, I mean it's mm. it's it's a gem on the shelf, definitely. Yeah, I need to go get another bottle. Actually, I've I drank mine in I drank a liter of 138 proof rum in about a month's time, and. uh I need to go get another bottle because I'm currently without. And it's definitely one that I like having around for Christmas because those holiday drinks that you make with alcohol are yeah fantastic with this rum. It's it's great. So yeah, a little Jerry's eggnog with that. Little eggnog with that high proof this this winter, I think it's gonna yeah. be with that. Jerry's got the line on all the good rum though, you know, down there in Florida. Uh he's got the access and and uh he he sends me well, he sends me pictures all the time of of rums that he's seen down there but every now and again i find myself spending a hundred plus dollars on a, a home's key or something like that and he'll ship it up to me so it's lucky jerry talked about that they still have that barbados <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's good not a nine-year barbados has been sitting on the shelf for a year and a half now i'm gonna wow oh man it's good it's so good <laughs> how much how much is that about uh, bucks or something after, after tax and everything. I think it was one oh four. No, that's not too bad. It's like ninety oh, bucks. It's worth it. It's good. It's really good. So, um, so JD, uh, uh, I know that you know a, a lot of your bourbon journey, bourbon journey, was documented with blue collar bourbon. Um, you know, if, for anybody that might be hearing my voice right now that hasn't listened to blue collar bourbon they're still available 
Uh, Those shows back, still hold up. <laughs> go back and listen. You know, it's a yeah. it's a great way to find out about some some price performers. Um, the idea behind the show was, you know, uh, affordable whiskeys that are on the shelf that are available generally anywhere. Um, they had some gems in there that were, you know, sent by the distillery or or, or you know, sometimes they went they they stepped outside of their their lane there to really talk about some things that were higher proof or harder to get. But for the most part, about 95% of what they talked about was stuff that you can get your hands on for a lower price. It was good. Or if it was shit, they would tell you that too. Um, but going back to, to how I was initially framing the question outside of that, how did you get into bourbon in the first place and, 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 and really want to do a show about bourbon or whiskey or even you had rum and tequila on the show as well yeah it's um totally jp and, and, and d-rock's fault just as much as it is mine um we just found ourselves just you know on fridays and and thirsty thursdays you know after work drinking whiskey you know i always tell people that are unsure about bourbon um you just haven't found your your one yet but once you find that one then that's the gateway down the rabbit hole. And then like you never come back out. Um, and so I think, I think for us, you know, obviously like anybody else, you know, the Buffalo traces and then Willets and um, yeah, you find that one, you're like, Oh my God, I didn't know whiskey could taste this good. And I didn't, I, I didn't know you didn't have to mix it. Like you can just drink it on its own and appreciate it. Um, and so we latched onto those whiskeys that we liked and, you know, we hit the bourbon trail together and um, just all the way down the rabbit hole, you know, hundreds and hundreds of bottles later, uh, we, we tasted stuff from man, Iceland, um, from all of the United States, um, South America, like um, we've had a bunch of stuff, homemade stuff sent to us. Um, yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of, of samples later, you know, um, but it, it was it was cool because even um, even in the beginning, you know, you think like, oh, well, all the all the best whiskeys come from Kentucky and Tennessee. And what this show really opened my eyes to is like, man, there's so many great things happening. You have it's almost like different scenes, you know, like Pacific Northwest has a scene, um, a lot of great products coming out of the Pacific Northwest, even um, here in the, here in the South, you know, um, Florida, Alabama. Um, a lot of good stuff happening there. Um, yeah, it just really opened my eyes, not only to the stuff that I like from Kentucky, Tennessee, but like there's this vibrant, um, scene of whiskey happening all around at the same time. Um, it was cool. Yeah. Let's, let's not forget. Yeah, that's what got me. That's what got me listening to it was all the other, or most of the other podcasts you hear about the Buffalo traces and the old foresters and the big names, you don't really hear about the, the little guys and listening to it first couple episodes. Yeah. You had the big guys, but then you started getting some random people like episodes that are random distilleries that still to this day, I, I haven't seen a bottle just get some small little distillery in Alabama or something. And, and that's what, that's what drew me in. Cause I, I like the craft, the craft scene and they're putting out some, some crazy good stuff and experimenting with some crazy grains and whatnot. And it, it was cool to listen to, find out what other what other things are out there outside of the the big five or eight or yeah. whatever it is now 
See, I mean, and the cool thing is a lot of those craft guys were putting out and are still putting out stuff that competes with the big guys yeah. in a lot of cases are better than the big guys. Um, you know, in the, in the beginning, you know, of your whiskey journey, a lot of people say, Oh, well, Pappy's the best. And you know, this Buffalo trace product is the best. It's like, dude, it's not, it, this isn't even close compared to some, uh, craft thing over here. Um, you know, a lot of those craft guys are dangerously, uh, they're just, it's dangerous. They're making some great killer stuff that holds up. I mean, hell, you guys even reviewed a, a whiskey that used ingredients harvested from a beaver's anus at one point. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't forget then, about the, the worst thing we ever had. <laughs> don't, don't forget about the, the sheep dung. The sheep dung, yeah, the Icelandic single malt that was fire cured using sheep dung. It's just, yeah, we had some of the wildest stuff on that show, uh, which was, yeah, had a blast. Yeah, one of, of, you mentioned the craft distilleries and things like that, and the first thing that pops into my head is chat, right? That was, that was was one that you guys really championed, and and the first place that I ever heard of it was on your show, and Jerry has quite a Chattanooga whiskey collection there. He's got quite a few bottles, and I know he's been to the distillery a couple times. I'm jealous. I'd like to go myself, but, you know, it's it's not exactly on my way home. So yeah. one day I'll get down there. Yeah, yeah the chat guys quite a are few doing of those, awesome stuff. I have quite a few of those, uh, what are they, the experimental batches or whatever. Um, there's only two or three that are actually like a bourbon or whiskey. A lot of them are, are Mari or Maro and, and Nochinos. And it, I use, usually use them just to make cocktails and it, mm-hmm. it just ups it because the base is for the most part, one of their whiskeys. And then they blend it with whatever they do to make the, those liqueurs or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Jerry, don't you have a rum finished chat? No, I wasn't able to grab that one. That one got released right right before I started actually finding out about them. I want to try it really bad, so maybe we can get our hands on one collectively and split it up. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I'll keep my eyes open here. I don't know if there's if there's any left. Well, you know, if there's anybody that's going to have it that the four of us know it's going to be Tark. Right. So maybe I'll uh, I'll secure one and slip on down to Nashville and pick it up. Um, All right. So let's move on to the whiskey of the week, shall we? This week, we're going to be drinking Old Forester Rye. Let me see if I can get the mash bill pulled up here. Mash bill is 65 percent rye, 20 percent malted barley and 15 percent corn. Perfect. uh, 90 proof. It it is 90 proof. No, it's 100 proof. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, This is one that actually, uh, JD, I remember you specifically talking about this on the show. And I happened to see it in Kroger right after I listened to it. Picked it up. Um, and this is a liter bottle that I've got here. And let me look up the price. Um, I got this at. I'm going to look it up on on Total Wine just because their prices are available online. But I got it at Kroger, and um, 
it's just it's a damn good so it's it's 27 dollars for a liter i mean what do you want yeah. right <laughs> right and as far as ryes go you know paul is our 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 resident rye guy um being up there in maryland paul's got access to some damn good rye uh and you know, Paul, uh, I, I think you would agree with this. This is this is a, a I mean, it's a damn good ride. It's a it's a it's a price performer. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's one I always recommend to people who are on the fence about rye or who have had a rye that's way too floral or spicy for them. Um, this is easy drinking rye. I mean, even at 100 proof, oh, yeah. it's just so smooth. It's not spicy like some ryes can be like going from the Knob Creek rye to this one, which are both 100 proof. The Knob Creek is so much more spicy. I mean, in a really good way. But if you're if you're just dipping your toes into the rye pool, then um, this is one that I always recommend. Um, price performer, great bottle. Um, it's sweet. You know, it's from ground form and it's got that, you know, on the nose. I always get that, you know, I can tell that this is a brown form product. Um, but then it's got, you know, it's got hints of nut, some cocoa, maybe a little hint of fruit. So, I mean, it's got a lot going on for 100 proof rye. And, um, yeah, like I said, this is on a short list of ones I recommend. So, and as a hundred proof, it's a great mixer. You won't, you know, won't get watered down. Absolutely. Yeah, um, uh, what was it last year or two years? Two years ago, uh, I was gifted one of those liter mini barrels for my birthday, and first thing I did, other after filling it with water and swelling it up, was go out get a, a liter bottle of this and made some old fashioned threw it in there for what five weeks i think it was and had barrel age old fashions with this and it was fantastic that's awesome that's a good idea so i've got breaking bourbon up in front of me here and on the nose they're saying you should get sweet brown sugar and a citrusy zest and the floral notes um but they say these floral notes are unusual for a rye, which I don't know what the hell that means because any rye that I've ever had always has a, a floral nose, at least as far as I'm concerned. Um, I do get a little bit of the citrus, definitely the brown sugar. Yeah, definitely brown sugar. A little bit of leather and some oak, but... Mm -hmm. the The Old Forester website has, along with the brown sugar and they have candied lemon they have mongolia blossom and hints of soft soft sassafras uh, <laughs> okay so i was getting mongolia blossom but i didn't want to say anything <laughs> so i didn't want to put it out there i wasn't sure so now uh, that now that i know so the color is beautiful um and i would expect nothing less from yeah. old forester or anything brown foreman um for that matter. Um, I've already had a sip of this with a cigar and it, it's, it, I mean, it, it's taken on a whole new life. I've had a lot of these bottles and this is, this tastes totally different with that cigar, but it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this, so, this, this is a fantastic cigar and it definitely brings out a lot of the more cocoa and brown sugar. Um, yeah. after taking a puff off the cigar and then going back to the whisk to the, to the rye. I get um, a sweet candy note from it too. So going back to the nose, I don't know why, but it reminds me of you take some brown sugar, throw it in a pan, 
kind of get like that caramelization going mm-hmm. and then throw a lemon head throw a lemon head in there that's what the nose reminds me of i get a lot of i don't know if it's the cigar or or what but i get a lot of that candied lemon on it i get a little bit of the lemon like on the it. finish when i breathe out but I, that's i mean not on the nose and i, I wouldn't really know what that would smell like um have have you done that before <laughs> no but i i like those lemon candies the what are oh. they lemon heads or whatever lemon i like heads, those. yeah yeah and so that's what that's what i'm getting well, I'm, I, now you got i'm gonna have to go in there and make me a brown sugar lemon head simple syrup <laughs> <laughs> right that's yeah that's what i'm thinking that might be pretty damn I'm going, good i'm going camping next weekend i might have to bring some with me Regardless, um, for twenty six bucks for a liter, hundred proof rye, um, anything that's got the old Forester label on the front of it, I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna love it. I, I love what Old Forester does. Um, the nineteen twenty is easily one of my favorite uh, bourbons out there. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I know that there was a lot of talk about that with the cherry notes, and and JP was never a fan. I think that he's wrong you know everybody's entitled to be wrong every now and again he's wrong <laughs> yeah more, more for us absolutely <laughs> yeah it was one of my favorites yeah but everything that old forester makes i mean you can you can name off other brands and i'll tell you oh, i don't really care for that line and but for old forester i mean every everything they've ever put out i mean the 86 proof is one of my favorite go-tos i mean jim bean black and old forester 86 i always have in the yeah. house those are my daily pour you know those are my go-tos if anybody's getting started into bourbon those are my two recommendations is jim bean black mm-hmm. you get a lot of different flavors from that bottle and then old forester yeah. pulls out a different you know that cherry note yep. that i always get from all the old forester products not so much the rye but all the bourbons is one of my favorite notes to pull out of whiskeys is that mm-hmm. cherry note and that comes through on all of their bourbons um their lineup yeah the 1910 and the 1920 are you know i think are up right up there with all the allocated stuff. I don't know why people search for that stuff when those bottles are sitting on the shelf at 60 bucks, 55 bucks or whatever. I mean, those are fantastic bottles. And those are the ones I always recommend if people want to, you know, what should I get so-and-so for a wedding gift or something like that? I don't want to spend too much, but I don't want to get them just a bottom shelfer. I mean, that 1920 is one I always recommend. I mean, yeah, premium enough and it's fantastic liquid in that glass. So the 1910 yeah. holds up too. Everyone talks about that 1920, but that 1910, it's a sleeper in that that lineup. I was going to mention that, uh, and you're right, it is a sleeper, and I don't understand why that 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 1910 is fantastic. Those those two are my favorite readily available bottles, the 1910 and the 1920. The 1920 is my favorite as far as that uh, the old Forester line goes, um, and then and then this rye. Um, but uh, the 1910 is is easily pulling up third for me. That's that's a damn good damn good whiskey in and of itself. Um, now I can't exclude the what is it the 117? What 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 was that the the one that Jackie Zican came out with before she left Old Forester? What was that called? Yeah, the, the 117. I think series it, or whatever. yeah, the 117. Yeah, yeah. Those things are fantastic. Um, um, birthday bourbon. You know, of course, it's fantastic, but you're going to pay a lot, you know, and 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 they're not readily available. You really got to we got lucky enough uh, a couple of years ago when we went to the distillery, myself and Jerry, Mike, um, Wayne Swift and 
Tim Perry, who, who came down with, with Mike, he's in the discord and, and, and all that. Um, we got lucky enough to buy a bottle while we were there and, uh, um, we got to try it. What did you guys, what did you guys pay? It was like 180 after, after taxes and everything. Yeah. It was like 175, something like that. Yeah. But worth it. It, It's, I mean, once in a lifetime bottle, you know, it's not something that you're really going to, you have access to all the time. Um, until they uh, until they pick me for this next raffle that I, we all signed up for <laughs> well yeah i signed up for that too i'm not gonna get picked i'm sure of that hell no so. and there's a uh, there's news out there that that whiskey row lineup is being extended to 1904 yeah. uh which should be out hopefully ten year. that's a t- hmm. ten year. It'll be the oldest release it'll be a 10-year 100 proof bourbon from old for forster and it's 1924 i forgot it's. about that yeah yeah i'm yeah. i'm Hopefully that one's going to be as readily available as the rest of these. Um, yeah. Probably not given that it's 10 years old and the rest of these are what, four to six, something like that. Um, but I, I, yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on a bottle of that. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. So the thing about that one is, is it taking away from birthday bourbon since that one's usually what 11, 12, 14 years, whatever it is, or is it the birthday bourbon rejects? Either way, it's going to be fantastic. I'm okay with either one of those things. (laughs) If it's more readily available than birthday bourbon and costs less, uh, I'm okay with either. Unless that's what they're they're going for. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that has something to do with it. They're 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 trying to make that probably more accessible, you know, more available. So, but I got to say, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say you had sent me. another sample am i am i good to drink this is that the am, other am sample yeah that's that's the uh this pours on me we'll get to that in a minute okay yeah so um <laughs> <laughs> i was i was gonna say uh you know this uh this rise is working really well with this cigar yeah. um and uh this is a uh an alec alec bradley presnot or Prensado. 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 Yeah. Prensado. Yeah. Yeah. So uh Jerry uh sent this to us and uh I sent one to to JD. Um Jerry, do you have the details on the cigar pulled up there? Yeah, this one that I grabbed is a Robusto. It's a it's a five by fifty. This one's a box pressed. Uh wrapper type is Honduran. Uh binder is Nicaraguan. Filler is Honduran and Nicaraguan, and it's Honduras origin. They say it's a medium to full strength with a wrapper shade of EMS. Uh, I picked up a five pack on JR Cigars for forty five bucks, forty five oh five. So just under ten bucks a, a stick. Um, I get a lot of like cedar wood, maybe a little bit of, of leather in there. Not nothing like no too crazy like spices on it it's a nice easy to me an everyday cigar um funny story is the reason why i've known about this is a buddy of mine from here in jacksonville um so we have the jacksonville jaguars and if you look at the band uh it kind of looks like a football on the band and it has teal it has teal colors which is the, the jaguars so one of my buddies that that's his game day cigar and it's alec bradley so obviously it's it's got to be good 
So he handed me one one day and I started smoking. I'm like, this is fantastic. So when I saw the deal going on in JF Cigars, I had to buy a couple of them because this is this could be a, a daily cigar for me if I if I need if I had to pick one. Yeah, Alec Bradley's fantastic. Um I've got some others that are that are just absolutely fantastic. This one right here, there's there's one thing that I noticed about this that I haven't necessarily noticed in some other cigars. Some I have, but when I draw on it, it's got a pleasant heat on my tongue. Um it do, I do get some leather, definitely some some woody characteristics, slight hint of spice. Um it's not overly creamy, but it it does it does have some creamy characteristics to it. Um, gets the mouth watering pretty good there. And when you add it to this to this whiskey, like I said, that's the reason why I'm getting these candy notes out of this whiskey. I don't normally get that yeah. with with this rye. Um, so it's 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 a pleasant pairing. Um, something that I could get down with on a regular basis. Um, JD is inside his home right now, so he's not smoking <laughs> the cigar, but, but I will say, yeah, I, when I, before my whole whiskey journey rabbit hole, um, I got way deep down the, uh, cigar <laughs> rabbit hole. Um, which is interesting because like the, there were like similarities within the cigar market and the whiskey market cigar market had their allocated and that stuff. And I used, I used to chase that, but then all these boutique cigars started coming out and they're putting out a superior product. So I'm like, man, this is great. It's half the price. And, you know, but I used to chase cigars and back in the day, um, Liga Pravadas, you couldn't find Liga Pravadas anywhere. So I used to have to go chase those down. And, um, but I, I mean, the Prince Otto was definitely one that I had a fistful um of in my humidor at all times that and the alec bradley black market were were standards yeah we did review the liga provadas um those are my favorites um i've got one that uh, I, well, I went and bought two at a, at a local store here in town and i spent over 50 dollars for those two cigars mm -hmm. um wayne swift was up north in cincinnati and uh he found them for like 10 bucks and he sent me one. And then uh, Jerry, um, he says they're all over down there in Florida. And he sent yeah. me one as well. That's easily my favorite. However, yeah. this is uh, this is damn good. And the so I've got um, the Liga has a it's they I think they say it's a, a medium to full. It, it's close to full. This yeah. one's medium to full, and it's at least to me, it's closer to a medium. The the deeper I get into it, it gets a little bit uh, I guess bolder. But it, it to me, it's more of a, a medium cigar. That Liga, it mm -hmm. definitely hits you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're ever looking for one, let me know. It's it's all over the place over here, uh, and I'm hoping it stays that way because it's it's a right fantastic fantastic cigar. And I think I get the most expensive around here is like twenty one bucks. Which that's that's a great I, deal for that stick. I could use. Um, I think the one I got Adam was like. 17 or 18 bucks yeah so i got these alec bradley tempest from jr cigars yeah there were five of them i don't know what the hell i paid for them i can't remember but um i smoked one of those the other day and that's one of the easiest smoking cigars that i've ever had and um it's i mean it's alec bradley's fantastic that's that's some really good 
really good smoking. Um, cigars, really, really tasty, flavorful. I don't want to, um, for me anyway. Yeah, if, if you need a price performer, yeah, oh, all, sure. all the Alex stuff's great. I, I used to smoke cigarettes for, uh, shit, uh, 20, 26 years I smoked cigarettes. And, um, I don't want like I don't inhale the cigars, obviously, because you're not supposed to. Um, some people do. Uh, I'm not one of those people. However, I don't want to feel like I'm smoking air. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to die, go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. Lord. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't want to feel like I'm pulling in air. I, I want some flavor with it. Uh, want a little bit of heat on my tongue. And and this cigar is perfect. It's. I mean, the size of it. It's not gonna. You're not going to be sitting smoking a cigar for two hours, which I, I do have some around here that'll take you a good long time to smoke. Um, I have one over there that I smoked the other uh, a, a week ago. Paul and I sat around after the show was done. It's called a bone shaker. Um, mm -hmm. I was there for like 45 minutes and that thing, I think, went down like a half an inch. It's a massive wow. cigar. It's massive, but it's really good. So, um at any rate, uh, this this cigar is is fantastic. Everything that I've ever had from Alec Bradley is fantastic. Uh, hats off to those guys because um, you know they make they make good good cigars. Price performers, like you said, they're not overly expensive. And cigar game can get mm -hmm. quite pricey, just like the 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 bourbon game. So, um, you know, good stuff, good stuff. So, um, so let's move on to the beer product real quick. Uh, this product is uh, it comes to us from from Live Bearded. Um, myself and Jerry and Paul all got the sample pack. Uh, if you go to their website, you're just going to pay shipping for the sample pack, and it comes with five different scents. And you're going to get a beard wash, a conditioner, a beard oil, and a beard butter in a uh, 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 four four pack sleeves and um, you know, uh, they're, they're great. Um, personally, we, we, one of the things that we try to stress on this show are natural ingredients. And I got to look in at some of the ingredients that are listed on the back of these, these products here. And there's a lot of them on here that are hard to pronounce, which is kind of a, a, a thing for us where if you can't pronounce it, you probably don't want it on your face. Um, but I got to looking them up. Okay. So, uh, decil glucoside. I do the same. Yeah, so it's a surfactant, which is a, a surface acting agent. Um, it's plant derived, it's biodegradable. Um, it's a common ingredient in eczema treatments, which is uh, my, my daughter has eczema, so that's you know that's a thing. Oh, I'm I'm going through eczema. My hands are killing me right now. Yeah, yeah. And the last the last week with this uh, this live bearded actually has been helping along with the the cream I use for the hands. Nice, um, especially with it being a hundred and bejesus out here and sweating it, it it flares up and it it's been helping uh i didn't know if it was from just the oil or whatever but i've noticed that it, it's helped a lot more than just the cream i usually use very good um laurel betaine also a surfactant uh vegetable derived often used in natural and organic products um Miristal betaine, it's a gelling agent. And that, that one's from sugar beets. Yeah, 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 that's right. 
Um, glycerin is a humectant, uh, which it's a it attracts and holds in water. That's a humectant. Uh, xanthan gum made from fermented sugar. It's a thickener and stabilizer. So some of these ingredients are something that you know for the for the product to hold up and actually live inside this sample pack until you can use it or in the bottle or whatever. Uh, calcium gluconate. Um, it's used in medicine to treat low blood calcium, high blood potassium, and magnesium toxicity. And it has skin soothing, skin soothing properties. Uh, gluconolactone. It's a naturally it's naturally occurring. It smoothens and evens out skin tone. Offers anti aging benefits such as fewer wrinkles and thicker skin, and it moisturizes skin. Sodium benzoate, which is a preservative, which again, unfortunately, it's it's you know it's something that you've got to have. And then then there's a whole a whole bunch of others on here and even on the um, on the conditioner, they've got these big, long scientific names. But if you look at them, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Persea gratissima, avocado oil is what that actually is. Um, yeah. Other, there, there's a bunch on here that I can barely pronounce, but they have the actual, you know, jojoba oil. Um, it's got caffeine. There's some vitamin E in there. Um these are these are naturally a occurring ingredients. Not, you know they they can in be the, synthesized, but yeah. In the beard oil, you have polysorbate sixty with this uh, synthetic compound, but it's basically just taking ethylene oxide and fatty acids and they combine them. Um, so you take two naturally occurring products and put them together that won't typically go in the wild uh but for the most part i did the same thing i looked at uh just the ingredients and was like i don't know what the hell these things are and it's just the common name for i can't even pronounce it but there's a gum in there and it's just from the terra plant xanthan gum it's a flower it's the xanthan gum i've i i grow hot peppers and i i make hot sauce so i use that quite often so i know what that is and it's it basically keeps it from separating so you don't have to shake it five million times trying to use it um and even you got biotin which some people don't even know what it is it's it's vitamin b um so they got these these words that we can't pronounce or most of us can't pronounce but it's just it's just a, a scientific name for these products and mm. it's i've noticed my beard this last week has been feeling nice and smooth and and light like i don't feel anything on the on the the beard and smooth and and no grease even at right after you put it on you kind of feel your beard it doesn't come off and um my one hiccup with this product is the sense to me that it didn't stay like the sense didn't stay around stayed around for a decent amount but it kind of faded off um, but a couple of the scents, if I was to throw it in my, um, oil diffuser to make the house smell, I'd love it. But as a beard oil, I don't know if I'm a big fan of some of the smells personally. Yeah. And that's where I, you know, definitely recommend getting the sample pack. Like we all do, yeah. where you can try, I think it was five different, uh, scents that they, six. Oh, six. Right. Okay. And yeah. And I've used, I haven't gone through all six yet because I mean, the sample pack is cool because it comes with a washer conditioner, 
uh, oil and, and a uh, butter, uh, all of the same scent. So, um, like right now, this morning, I've used the uh, the 1880, which is a um, bourbon bitters and citrus um, uh, scent. Kind of kind of smelled to me like an old fashioned, which is kind of cool. Um, I get more of the scent. So, so that was that was one that I love the smell of it. It, it, I like my old fashions a little bit more on the bitter side than the sweeter side. So it, 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 it shined to me, but as a oil to me, I don't know if I want to walk around smelling like an old fashioned all day. Yeah. I and mean, the good thing is the, the scents, like Jerry was saying, they are, they're light, they're not overpowering. Um, so just enough there where, you know, you know, you're wearing or you're using the product, but they're not overpowering. At least the ones I've tried so far. The executive, which is leather, vanilla, and cedar, I really liked. Um, there's an American scent, which is woodsy, cedar, pine. There's a tombstone scent, which is sweet tobacco and cedar. I really like that one. Canyon is juniper, cypress, and fir needles. I haven't tried that yet. And the legend is sandalwood and vanilla, which I also really like. So none of them, to me, were off-putting. Um, even some of the one, like, like I said, the one I haven't tried yet for a reason is the one I probably won't like. It's the juniper, cypress, and fir needle scent. But Same. who knows? I've liked them all so far. Um, they seem to be a pretty good company. If you look at their website, they got a blog. Yeah. Seems like they give back to a lot for the community. Um, yeah. Sell a the, wide range. The, the Canyon, to cut you off real quick. It re I used it, was it yesterday or day before? It reminds me of like Christmas time. You're going to pick out a Christmas tree. It's that's what it it's it, it like I said, it's nothing that I I would wear, but you throw in that oil diffuser like during Christmas time, smells fantastic. It they all smell great, but I'm not gonna be walking around like a, a pine tree or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's what that one reminds me of. Yeah, a lot yeah, of companies have that pine scent, so it's it's out there for a reason. Somebody must like it. Somebody's buying it. That's I don't think it's for me, but um I was just going to say they sell a lot of other products on their website yeah. too, other than uh, they have beard growth products, growth vitamins, they have body uh, care, like um, lotions, body washes, shampoos, conditioners, soaps, mustache, wax. They have a wide range of products on their website, which is livebearded.com. Um, yeah. So far I've been pretty pleased with them as a company. So I think everybody should check them out, especially like I said, that, that sample pack will get you, get you introduced to them and then go from there. Yeah, so I actually, I actually I appreciated the, the fact. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that. Uh, yeah, I appreciated the fact that the the scents uh, weren't overwhelming. It was more subtle than uh, some beard oils that I've used in the past. Uh, it's, it's it's not as oily or residuey uh, as oils that I've used in the past. I was I was pretty impressed with them. So going back to the website, uh, like Paul said, they have a blog section. Uh, but one of the things that I noticed that I thought was pretty cool was they have a beard barber map that you could click. Mm. And Saw that could, too, yeah. It shows, it shows the map of the U.S. and then you have to zoom into your location. And it shows um, barbers that are, are, I guess, trained or whatever, specialized in beard trimming. And I looked in my mm. area, um, one of the... One of the barbers, barber shops that I went to during, like, right after we started opening up for COVID, when everyone's doing these Zoom calls, they're on there. Granted, the barber that I, 
I've went to, he's not on there. He started up his own company. Ah. So I might have to contact the, these guys to put him on there, but it, it's kind of cool to see like, Hey, if you want to get it trimmed up, I know we all like to keep a nice little clean uh, line on the, the cheeks or whatever. And uh, it's cool to see that you, you could find these guys uh, around. And then also they have the LB foundation. I don't know if you guys yeah, saw that one on there. Um, hundred percent of their donations go back into the community with 50% going to veterans and service uh, men and women. And then the, uh, the other 50% goes to organizations that provide support to children facing unthinkable challenges and health cha uh, conditions. Cool. So uh, one of the, one of the, where'd it go? One of the, um, I can't find it now. Where'd it go? Yeah, one of the organizations is the Phoenix Children's Hospital. Yeah. And they end up doing a, I think it's a 5K. And uh, all the proceeds go to them. Uh, it's every year they run it and you could do it in person or you could do it online or do it virtually, I guess they call it. Um, it's like 30 bucks or 25 bucks to do it. You get a shirt, you get a medal uh, and all the proceeds go to the that children's hospital. But they also do make a wish, feed a billion, soldiers, angels and OUR, which is the Operation Underground Railroad. So it's they're doing a lot for the community outside of just your products and and cosmetic products, I guess. So on that note, uh, a couple things that I wanted to talk about with this with this particular group, specifically the Lid Bearded Foundation. Um, let's talk a little bit about. So everybody's familiar with Make a Wish. Uh, Feed a billion is pretty self-explanatory and Phoenix Children's is as well. And they 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 work with other organizations, but the, these are the five that they've chosen to list on their website. Um, Operation Underground is a um, an organization that um, it's an it's anti-sex trafficking organization, um, which yep. is a huge fucking problem um, in, in in our country and other countries as well. Um, so that's, that's awesome that they work with those guys and then soldiers, angels, um, they provide aid, comfort and resources to the military veterans and their families. So it's, it's very cool that these guys are working with these organizations. Um, you know, they're, they're not just, they're, they're not totally out for profit, obviously. Um, I thought that they were veterans themselves. I could be wrong about that. Um, I couldn't find anything on their website about that. Although I did find that they offer a veterans discount, which is very cool uh, in and of itself. So um, these guys are making great products. Uh, I was riding in the car with my wife yesterday and just having to reach up and feel my beard. And before I got into the shower yesterday, I'd been down here working on my bar. And when I got in to the shower, my beard felt like hay that had been attached to my face. And uh, that's from the heat and, and sawdust and everything else and the conditioner and the rest of the products. Um, it really made my beard extremely soft and manageable. Um, and, and, you know, my, I've got a fairly large beard. It's not 
huge. It's not as big as Paul's. I'm not as accomplished in the beard game as Paul is, but um, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's bigger than normal. Um, I've got four or five inches hanging below my chin. So that's, that's quite a feat to take something that feels like hay and straw and, and make it not feel that way from one treatment from, from one treatment. So today I used yeah. the executive and yesterday I used the American. The American was my favorite scent by far. I believe I sent the 1880 yeah, to JD. That was my favorite. Right? JD, did I send What's that? the 1880? I sent you the 1880, right? Uh, let me check. I think you did. Yes. So 1880. Yeah. What was your, what was your impression other than the, uh, the, the, the scent that wasn't overwhelming? How did you feel with the, I mean, clearly you're the guy with the shortest beard on this, on this, uh, this call right now. So how, how did you feel about it? How does it feel on your skin and things like that? Oh man, it felt, it felt great. And, you know, since I have the shortest beard, you know, you got to worry about, is it going to look too oily? Um, which it doesn't at all. It was just perfect. The conditioner was awesome. I've never done the the shampoo and the conditioner before. That was cool. Um, but yeah, had me had me shining. Yeah. So the first two scents I did was the American, which was one of my favorites, along with the eighteen eighty. And with those two, I did the the wash and the conditioner. And then um, the next day, I decided let me try it just the oil and the butter no no wash because my beard was feeling great face felt great and i was like well let me see what it feels like because i'm not going to use the beard a beard wash like that every day it feels like it strips out a lot of stuff which i like especially down here in florida it's hot you start working on the yard you want to strip a lot of that stuff out so i just the the third and fourth day i just did just oil and butter and it felt the same um not greasy felt great beard felt good uh soft and smooth and everything um yeah really like these guys that american and the executive were uh my top two scents in this uh the six pack with uh tombstone and legend coming in right behind it as a I don't remember the tombstone and the legend so much because I used them right after I got them, like the day that I got them and then the day after. And I've had these samples for a little bit now. Um, today, I used the executive. Yesterday, I used the American. And um, to kind of uh, disagree with Jerry, um, not that it's overpowering the scent, but I used it this morning when I took a shower. And I'm sitting here smoking a cigar. This is the second cigar that I've smoked since five o'clock. And I can, if you know, I can smell the executive still in my mustache. And so, um, I will say, I will say the executive lasted longer. I don't know why, but for me, the executive lasted a little bit longer than the other ones. The American lasted a good while for me too, but I didn't smoke any cigars yesterday. So that might have something to do with it, but um, one thing that I really appreciated, and I might be stepping outside of the traditional beard care here. Um, I have a regular hairbrush that I use to comb to, to brush my beard with. Um, and when I put the butter in, 
and then I brushed my beard, um, it, it, it did exactly what I wanted it to do. Oftentimes if I don't use a butter or a balm or something like that, um, and even some balms that I've used after I brush my beard within two seconds of sitting down where my beard is pressed up against my chest, it's all, you know, smashed out and funny looking and, and that, that butter really held it in place and, and, and it had a nice smell. That was the thing that I noticed yeah. too about the, the oil and the butter, the scent between the, the oil and butter versus the beard wash and the conditioner, it's more prominent. Um, and it, it, it smelled slightly off from the other two. Um, the conditioner, I really, really liked. And before I got these samples, yeah. I've never used a conditioner. I have several washes and I still have some of the soap that Paul sent us uh, a while back, which um, is, is, you know, I still love that. That's still my all time favorite uh, beard soap, but um, th these products are fantastic. These guys are definitely um, in, in, and it's saying a lot they're, they're competing for my top uh, favorite products. Now the scent, um, my, my favorite, is Nicholas Beard Works. I've said that many, many times as far as beard oils go because of the scent. It's fantastic. It, it, it's really good. Um, the, the scent isn't quite there to compete with, with Nicholas Beard Works as far as the oil yeah. goes, but I'm, I, you know, I've been using that for five years. So I'm, I'm really uh, biased towards that one particular, that one particular product. Um, but these guys are making a run for it. The, these guys are really on top of it and uh, don't let the big words on the back of the product scare you away from it because it's a scientific name. You know, you, you want, you want the, 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 the layman's term on there when you're reading it. I, I just want it to say jojoba oil or avocado oil or whatever. They're giving it the scientific name. That's fine. As long as it's not some bullshit that they're throwing in there. And these guys, they're not, um, it's a claim that they make on their website, all natural ingredients. Um, and they list the ingredients. Every ingredient that's on the website is on the back of the product itself. We've run into that in the past with other products that we've reviewed where what was on the bottle wasn't necessarily what was listed on the website. And so you don't, you, you know, right there is a reason not to trust them. You know, uh, these guys yeah. put it all out, put it all out there. There's transparency across products and websites. So, um, you know, they, these guys are doing good stuff. They give back to the community. Like Jerry said, those, those organizations that they're working with are great organizations, um, things that are after our own hearts, things that we try to promote here on this show, especially with the, the, the veterans organizations and things of that nature. But the, uh, the one that really hit home for me, I don't know anybody that's a victim of sex trafficking and I'm not a victim of that myself, but that is a scourge upon our society right now and it really is something that really pisses me off that I, I wish that I could be more involved with I wish that uh you know that uh that that that, that I could put a stop to it um there, there's a lot of a lot of nasty shit going on with that human trafficking and sex trafficking and those two things yeah. often intertwine with each other and um I you know I, I really appreciate that they're that they're doing their part to to kind of stop that so if my money can go towards that in some way or another i'm all for it so um definitely definitely check these guys out 
something I forgot to mention earlier, talking about the LB Foundation. Uh, since 2016, they have donated over $50,000, and their goal is to donate a million dollars by 2030. Um, That's awesome. So I, I can definitely see these guys getting up there. Uh, great product. Um, like Adam said, it, it's it's competing for some of the, the, the best beard oils I've tried. Um, the scents don't. Adam did send me a, a little sample of the Nicholas. I great beard oil. The scent was good, but typically I go for something a little bit different. Um, but my top ones with doing the show have been Eight Bit and uh, Fable, and it has the same feeling and and uh, the face feel and everything of those two products and and brands, but it doesn't have the the scent that lasts half most of the day, which I could get past that. I, I don't want to, some of the days I don't want to smell like I've been sitting inside a humidor all day or, or been drinking whiskey all day, whatever these scents are. So I could get past not having that scent all day, as long as they make my beard feel good all day. And, um, agreed. And one of the, I don't remember which scent I had on, but I was at work and it was one of the days that we actually had, we were actually busy. We were sweating. We were um, and doing a bunch of stuff. And like I was, I felt like I was working outside when I was working inside a a building that's sixty eight degrees, sixty five degrees. And I was sweating my ass off. And two hours later, when I I cooled off and it was back to normal, beard still felt great. So I I could get past the the scent not lasting all all day when it when it makes your beard you feel that good after all that punishment i guess you would good guess all right so let's move on to this pours on me This week, the pour was provided by Paul. So, uh, Paul, tell us a little bit about yeah. what we're drinking, please. So, this pour is a fantastic old pour. I was at an antique shop, and I found uh, an old decanter with the tax stamp still intact and felt full. So, I took a chance. I think I paid like 17 bucks for it. Um, this is a 1974 Jim Beam 86 proof. It was a carriage decanter and it was for the fourth annual Lancaster, Pennsylvania International Association of Jim Beam Bottle and Specialties Clubs. Hmm. Um, back in the day, they needed to move whiskey. So the decanter was kind of like, like the gimmick, I guess, to move that whiskey, um, so there's a lot of cool decanters you can still find out there. It's pretty rare to find them full still, but I got lucky on this one. This was, uh, like I said, bottled in 1974, aged for 100 months. So that puts it back into like the mid to late 60s when this was actually distilled. And if I recall, I believe that that, that Booker No started distilling in 1960 in the Boston plant, or he, he was at... He was at one plant and Carl Beam was at the other. So this is either distilled over, you know, overseen 
by either Carl Beam or Booker No, which is pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. This is the last little bit I have of it that I sent out to you guys. I saved myself a nice little pour too. Um, so this is after today. This is gone. This is empty. It's just a, a showpiece now. But um, this smells fantastic. This is what whiskey yeah. should still be in my mind. I wish they could somehow figure out to make it taste like this again because this is special. So the good news, Paul, is that um, so my my grandfather um. He at, at one time he worked at the Seagram's Distillery, which is now MGP. And from working there, he had the opportunity to get his hands on some really cool shit. And my dad, um, my dad has them, and one of them is full, and they're from the seventies, um, maybe the sixties, and. Uh, I'm going to get my hands on them. That's all there is to it. So once I do one of them, one of them is not full. Uh, in fact, I pulled them down off my dad's countertop and my sister was looking at it. And she just went boop and touched the cork and the cork fell down in there. It just disintegrated, fell down inside, but there was, I mean, it was so low that evaporation had set in and there's just a brown film on the bottom of it. But the other one I'm pretty sure has some distillate in it and I'm going to get my hands on them. Cause my dad doesn't give a shit about whiskey and I want them. So um, we'll, we'll definitely get into those, but this um, JD, I apologize that there's so little of it. Um, no, I, this is, this is great. It's uh, I, I, I decanter looks fucking sweet. Yeah, it does. I got into hat. So, so the decanter, the, the decanters that my dad has, they're like porcelain figures and um Jerry or Paul knows what I'm talking about. I'm sure because um, yep. Paul is a big Jim Beam fan, but um, I got into this bottle when Paul sent it because I couldn't fucking resist um, a seventies Jim Beam. Yeah. So um, holy shit. That smells, it smells so fucking good. It smells so good. So. Yeah, no, this is, like I said, this is, I mean, it's a special pour. I've had a lot of these old, old, you know, dusty finds and stuff like that. I kind of seek them out. I've found a few myself, but I've got samples from different people before. And uh, it just, it was, there, there's just something different about bourbon from this era. Um, you know, I think a lot of it is, I mean, they say it's aged a hundred months, but from what I've read, a lot older stuff is probably in these bottles because they just had to mark, you know, younger stuff that was in the blends and things like that. Um, so they couldn't move the whiskey i mean this was like the you know getting into everybody drinking vodka, vodka. And Gin. vodka. yeah so this is a time of trying to move whiskey and that's i think a lot of where the decanters came out as collector's pieces and stuff like that like almost a gimmick to buy to buy the whiskey um but it's it's absolutely fantastic i wish i could get my hands on more bottles like this i wish somebody would figure out a way to make new whiskey taste like this taste. it's like it's just so mellow. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, it tastes like to me like melted caramel. It's yeah. just there's like there's that definitely that Jim Beam nuttiness that you know. Mm -hmm. Sure. See that that still carries through into the products today, but yeah, there's a I mean, there's a caramel in it. It's like there's like a a bready note that's just and it's just I mean it's only eighty six proof, but it's so smooth and I mean it just. I mean, you just know just by nosing it, this is something special. And just, yeah. just think, they couldn't move some of this product. And, 
you know, people just overlooked it back then. And it's like, God, man. I, so wild. The time machine, because I'm coming back. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> After uh, a little bit of that cigar, I get a little bit of like a, a citrusy note with it as well. Like a little bit of orange or something. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Well, it's, it's, to me, it's, excuse me. Um, to me, it has an almost, I, I, I don't want, I, I don't want to put it this way, but it's the only way I can describe it. An almost perfume type flavor when you drink it, but it's, you know, you're, you're not, you're not in a big hurry to drink perfume, obviously, because why, but this, this has a, like if they could bottle this scent as a cologne, mm-hmm. right? And and it's not even a it's not even a a a a, a bourbon scent or, or or a whiskey scent. It's it, it's just pleasant. It's it's a like a manly type. You know you know what I mean. And but but the flavor of it is just off the charts. It's so I don't I, I don't I really don't have words to describe it because whiskeys nowadays they have they have a totally different way of coating your tongue and a totally different way of of tasting um because and i really feel like this is the case a lot of it has to do with it there's too much science involved and and the process is the same now as it was 2000 years ago as far as distillation it's just that there's more science added to it now um, but it's it essentially when you boil it down to its basic roots, it's the same fucking process. When you know, if you look at um if you look at uh um uh Mary the Jewess or Jabir Ibn Hayyan, um, who is regarded as the father of distillation, Mary the Jewess was um she she created what would be the ancestor to the Olympic still, which is still in um, production today. The Olympic stills you can buy those on Amazon still. And even um, you know I'm I'm a UK employee, and I used to work for the hospital, and they have Olympic stills that were used for medicinal purposes. Um, that's a long fucking time ago. It's a long damn time ago. So. Um, Ibn, uh, I'm sorry, um, what was his name? Uh, uh, Jabir Ibn Hayyan. Um, so he was born in 721 AD in Iran and died in 815 AD in Iraq. So um, that's a long goddamn time ago. It's a long fucking time ago. And it, the process is exactly the same. When you add that science into it, the the flavor profile seems to change and it's not that it's a bad change. There's a lot of really good whiskey uh, that's, that's come out since then. And I, even in the last couple of years, there's a lot of really good whiskeys that have come out. Um, but this is, I mean, th- this is, this is something to be sought after. This is uh what, what year did you say this was made Paul or, or bottled? Bottled in 1974 age for a hundred months so that puts you back in like the late mid to late 60s yeah um months, eight, eight years a little bit more than eight years i guess it tastes like candy so it, it tastes like bubble gum yeah 
Um, yeah, there's, there's overwhelming sweetness to it, which is mm-hmm. which is awesome. And it, it tastes nothing like today's Jim Bean. Like there's the nuttiness, but it it tastes like uh, uh, hubba bubba almost. The bubble gum, the the yep. you know the little fucking blue and yellow wrappers and whatever. It's fantastic. It's really good shit. Um, yep, JD, how you feel about it over there? I man, I'm a huge fan of the old dusties. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Uh, of course, I was going to throw this out there. You you say that you know standards have like changed because of science. Uh, one of the things that has changed uh, is the uh, level of lead. Back in the day, you could get away with you know um, the lead. The lead standards were a lot less back in the day than they are now. So. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but so what you're saying is lead tastes good. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> it's it's set on it's set, you know, unopened since 1974, and I found it like a year two two years ago or something. So it's set in that lead decanter for a while. So I'm sure you yeah. probably don't want to down the whole decanter in one sitting. That might have some adverse effects on your health. But drinking a pour here and there is not going to do anything to you. So. And I think the lead differences, it's it's such a nominal difference. Um, but just goes to show you don't pass by those old antique stores, even if you at all no. I've I've my travels for work and stuff, if I ever see one, I always make a note to try to pop in there and you don't even have to look around. You can straight up just go and ask the guy, Hey, you got any old decanters? I'm looking for, you know, alcohol memorabilia, that kind of thing. And every antique store has them. Most of the time they're empty, but Every once in a while, I've found a couple that tax stamp is still intact and it's still got liquid in there. I've found one or two that, you know, pop that cork and chisel it on out of there. And what's inside is, and might as well be, you know, closer to vinegar than whiskey. But, uh, it, you know, if sometimes you get lucky and you get a bottle like this that, you know, somehow that cork sealed that bottle for all those years and it just set, mm-hmm. you know was able to grab it and like i said i think i paid like 17 dollars for it you know, wow. I, I bought the decanter the contents were free as it was described to me <laughs> because they couldn't leave <laughs> sell the alcohol so i like that they didn't want to make an assumption on what was in there they just said you're paying for the decanter it even said that mm-hmm. on the back contents free so, <laughs> check out i heard that uh, estate sales are good too to find old decanters yeah. Yeah, you can definitely, you know, I know guys that call around when the estate sales get listed and ask specifically before the sale, you know, if they have anything, if you have anything like that and come and get it. I heard a story from a guy one time where he went to an estate sale and there was all these decanters, 30 or 40 of them sitting on a blanket from back in the 60s and 70s. And he was like, wow, you know, and the old lady said, yeah, those were my husband's. They were down in the basement. And the guy said, wow, I wish they were full. And she was like, oh, they were last night, but I didn't think I was allowed to sell alcohol, so I dumped them all out last night. Oh, wow. So if you get those estate sale notices, you know, you see one coming up, make make sure you reach out before that happens. Mm -hmm. That would have been a humongous score. Wow. Last year, um, when I met up with Adam and a few of the other guys from the poor company, uh, we met up in, in Louisville and we went to um, this bar called uh, Neat. 
and they do a bunch of like these old dusties and whatever. And some of them obviously are, are real pricey. Uh, the one that I went for was the Jim Beam bowling pin. Um, I know Paul knows about that. I, I'm a big Beam fan, not as as big as Paul is, but um, I remember that one just saying 1970s on it. Uh, it didn't have an actual year on it, but and I think that one was only six years, if I remember. After I, I was sitting there drinking it, looking it up, uh, but yeah, that one was fantastic. Cool looking bottle, clear bowling pin with the the gold looking top to it, and say. Same thing. It, it doesn't taste anything like well, as remnants of of the the beam that you you taste this nowadays. But it's nothing like anything you try nowadays. Yeah, the, those bowling pins are awesome. I don't know what was different about those specifically, but I've had a couple pours out of those Jim Beam bowling pins, and that's some of the best stuff I've ever tasted. That's right up there. And and the uh, the bottle I tried was the last. I went for an ounce. I paid for an ounce, and I think there was a little more than an ounce. So she just poured the, the rest of it in there. I asked for the bottle. She said, no, I said, you could drill a hole, you, whatever you need to do, but she wouldn't let me keep it. So that's unfortunate, but the bottle itself is, is really cool. looking. Granted, I don't know how it would look sit on the shelf because it's huge. <laughs> that, uh, that particular bar, their bread and butter was the, or were the, um, the old and dusties. They had a yeah, had a fuck ton of them there. Um, and they were, for lack of a better term, appropriately priced. Let's just say that. Um, they they weren't cheap, but they weren't over the top expensive either. Um, and uh, it was. No, a, I think it was a cool speaking. I think the situation they had going on there. So it was. I mean, it was pretty cool. I think the one ounce was 18 bucks or something like that. So it, it's not the, the cheapest pour, but it's not bad for what's for what some of these are going for on the, the secondary or whatever. It's, it, it's, it's nothing compared to buying a full bottle. And then of course there was the dumbass that bought a bottle of Blanton's and, uh, not that not that any of us gave a shit about Blanton's, we don't. But he uh, he bought it and then left it on the table. It was completely empty, devoid of anybody that would watch the bottle for him while he went into the bathroom. Um, and he heard he heard myself and Jerry and and Mike talking about just whiskey in general, and decided he was going to come over and uh, talk to us about the fact that he um, who was it he said he worked for. Was it Buffalo Trace? And um, you're you're muted, Jerry. By the way, Beam, Beam. Okay, he, yeah. He um, said he said he was the he procured those the, old bottles for for their museum or some shit. Yeah, he was the one going around buying all the the uh, the bottles, uh, the bowling pins, and parts like Paul had and stuff for their museum. I don't know what his actual title was but that's when he, said he has one i think he's full of shit we all just wanted him to go the fuck away that's all we wanted but anyway um it was a cool bar uh that that bowling pin um i did get to jerry let me try it and it was pretty goddamn tasty um this 
right here, this this carriage decanter stuff. Um, damn good whiskey, damn good stuff. I'm 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 very thankful, Paul, for you sharing that with with us. Um, it was a damn good pour, damn good. Uh, uh, this pours on me for sure, and hopefully I'll have absolutely I'll have some some uh, old school decanters to to share with you guys down the road. My my dad hasn't responded to me since I, he he says he still has them somewhere. Um, and I told him I wanted them, and he left me on unread. He's not <laughs> said shit. So oh, he can he can keep the decanters. You just want what's inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah. My my dad's not a my dad's not a drinker. Um, he, he's he's just you know um, which is odd because you know my great grandfather he. He uh he did a little side work back in the day for Al Capone and my my grandfather um he he was uh he he worked for um Seagram's at the time which has since become MGP um and uh uh you know clearly I'm a drinker um and my 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 dad's just not that guy um which is fine um but I want those decanters I want those decanters real bad so. Uh, hopefully he'll 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 come off of those here pretty soon so next time i go down so anyway um i think that concludes yet another episode of bourbon beards and belvedere's um as always you can find all of our all you can find links to all of our social media accounts on our website at bourbonbeardsandbelvedere's.com uh, don't forget to check out the websites for all the products products that we reviewed here uh, on this episode. It's oldforester.com, um, alecbradley.com, and livebearded.com. Uh, you can find those Alec Bradley cigars on um, jrcigars.com. And one last thing before we conclude this episode, um, a a charity that I happened to find recently through a Facebook group that I'm a member of. Um, it's called cigars for warriors and you can, you can check them out at cigarsforwarriors.org. And basically what they do is they accept donations of cigars for soldiers that are serving overseas right now. And they send those to the soldiers. Um, we're big supporters of veterans and soldiers that are currently serving. Um, I feel like that's a, 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 a pretty uh, worthy charity because it's all about uh, sending those guys just a little bit of something that they can enjoy while they're in those hellish environments that they're, that they're currently serving in. Um, so check them out as well. Um, also check out some of the charities that live bearded supports we talked about those earlier in the episode um you can check out the live bearded um foundation at live bearded uh shit uh I, I i'm gonna have to edit this heavily um foundation.livebearded.com again they support uh charities such as the operation underground railroad uh, feed a billion, make a wish, soldiers, angels, and 
Phoenix Children's Hospital. Um, the Phoenix Children's Hospital is a, a big thing that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, my, my daughter was able to, uh, not through Phoenix Children's, but through Shriners, um, take advantage of some of those types of charities. Uh, she she was she was born with hip dysplasia, and uh, the surgery cost us nothing. So um, any time that a organization is willing to give to things like that, that's a that's a that's a big thing for me. Um, check them out. Um, make sure to support them. They, they make great products. Um, as do all of the products that were reviewed here. So um, until next time, cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Beards and Belvedere's is produced by Adam Bolden, Paul Rousseau, and Jerry Ferrisier. Editing by Adam Bolden. Music by Ryan Johnson. You can find the links to all our social media accounts on our website at bourbonbeardsandbelvedere's.com. As always, enjoy your bourbon and cigars responsibly. Cheers.